about the age of six and seven, my, my parents separated and uh, my mum had a breakdown. One minute she was in my life and then she wasn't. She was in the hospital or um, she moved around and they had a very, polite way, but tempestuous relationship. Mm. So we, I, was a, I was quite a mixed up kid. So mm-hmm. my, my teenage years of schooling um, were essentially a write-off. I was really, really angry, and I won that pitch. Wow. And I got that telephone call on the day that I took my son home from hospital. So it's like, well, now is the now is the time. I'm doing this for you, mate. Yeah. No stopping me. Um, I did that for a couple of years, and then <coughs> polite client decided to stiff me for about 15 grand. And suddenly, out of nowhere, I had nothing. I felt like a massive failure. That was a really, really dark time. Mm. I felt I'd let him down. I'd let my dad down. The darkest, darkest places. Because I thought I was going to be bankrupt. We'd lose the roof over our head. What sort of... I remember thinking my son would be better off without me. Because what sort of role model would I be? Because oh. I was a failure. 96 men and, um, under 45 lost to suicide every week in the UK. I mean, it's three times higher than women. And the that that's that it's because men don't talk that's why I ended up getting ill going to those dark times because God forbid I'd put my hand up and ask for help. Wasn't in my DNA. It saved my life. But him right. making me ill made me stop. Otherwise I probably wouldn't have stopped. I believe everyone has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast, produced by H2 Productions. Okay, welcome to another episode of the podcast. My guest this week is an entrepreneurial, curious and creative thinker with a relentless passion and commitment for increasing the understanding of how social impact research, reporting, storytelling and commercially focused strategies can work together hand in hand. He's an award-winning and respected thought leader in the men's mental health and fatherhood field. His work has been showcased by the All-Party Parliamentary Committee on the Future of Fatherhood, the Department of Media, Culture and Sport, The Guardian, BBC World Service, Radio 4, Huffington Post and ITV. He's passionate about partnering with remarkable people and producing outstanding results and social impact. Delighted to welcome a good friend and a founder Dad LaSalle. You've been on LinkedIn, haven't you, Sam? Dan Flanagan. <laughs> how are you, mate? I, I'm really well. This is a long time coming, so to see this wonderful setup and see how you've you've put together put together the things I listen to and of you is really intriguing. To see you sort of you've shifted the curtain. Oh, that's how I, so yeah, I am very curious and you could call it nosy, but I prefer curious. Yeah. Curious. I like I'm, that I'm really word. well. Thank you. Mate, uh, listen, like you said, this has been a long time coming. It's been, um, we've got to know each other a little bit over the last couple. It's been amazing. And what you've done with Dad LaSalle, as I'm a massive advocate for and love it Thank and you. love to be part of it. It was actually one of your podcasts I listened to during lockdown. And you started talking about the, the birth stories of the, the kids and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And I thought, oh, there's a soul. I didn't realise. Yeah, yeah. And it was 
rather than oh, this is a successful fella that does all this networking, does all that. I said, oh, there's one of my people there. <laughs> and that's what actually, uh, I think, one of the reasons I initially Reach reached out, out there, because where you were so honest about what you'd gone through, um, I found really surprising, and mm. I, I wasn't expecting to hear that. Um, I thought I was just going to get some sort of business knowledge and maybe some networking conversations and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So, wow. And the fact that you were sort of brave enough to talk about the the stuff that you'd gone through um, as an individual and as a family as well, yeah. um, I thought was incredibly commendable. So thank you. Oh, mate, thank you. And like I said, I remember you reaching out during lockdown. We spoke about it. I just was... Uh, the concept as a whole just like I say blow me away we're gonna we'll obviously delve into it and stuff as as well as we go on but um it is, it's, a, it's an amazing community that you've built and um like I say I feel very fortunate to be part of it so we're um, look we're gonna jump straight in mate yep. we're gonna jump straight in so let's start your story tell me what life was like growing up and and something tell me something about like those early years of growing up and what shaped who you are today okay um well I was born in Catford in South East London. Um, we were there for the, I think the first couple of years of my life. Um, don't obviously remember a great deal about it. My my dad was an architect, um, and we had a we had a lovely big house there, and had an, like an old air raid shelter in the, the back of the garden. But South East London at that time, you know, we had a nicer. It was quite an uncomfortable area because a couple of miles down the road, road we had, you had Millwall. And yeah, yeah. had some race riots and stuff going on, so he'd worked very hard and didn't want us there. So we moved out to a place called Tunbridge Wells in Kent. Yeah. And the yeah, I, I sort of looking back to this, um, the first few years were lovely. There wasn't you know a great deal of money. My dad was working really hard setting up this new business. Um, my mum had a couple of jobs. She also had four kids under the age of ten. Um, so it was without pleading the poverty guard you know things were tricky but we were a lot better off than a lot of other people Um, and then we'd have sort of lots of weekends and holidays we had a caravan down in a place called New Romney um, down in Sussex and that was lovely we just packed the car up on a Friday we disappeared there and that was yeah, it's where the kids would just disappear all day. You'd go hunting in the fields, hunting in the beach. You know, there was no adults around. It was pure freedom. Um, and that was lovely. And then when I got to about the age of six and seven, my, my parents separated. And um, my mum had a breakdown. And um, she'd had a lot of problems, which obviously we, we weren't aware of, or certainly me. You know, she was brought up in care in the 50s had no family um, and I think everything just got too much of a much for her um, mm. my dad was always out working um, and my whole world just went boom and the you know we're fortunate now that the you know there's not so much of a stigma around there mm. um, and around mental health now as we're you know, sort of discussing but back mm. then there, there was so sort of one minute she was in my life and then she wasn't. She was in the hospital or um, she moved around and they had a very polite way, but tempestuous relationship. Mm. So we, I was a, I was quite a mixed up kid. So when I, I could see her, she moved to London. So I'd spend my sort of week um, at school in Kent 
and then the weekends I'd go and see her in London. She'd move around. So, so you live with your daddy? Yeah, I live with my dad. My yeah, dad yeah. got custody yeah, yeah, yeah. of him, uh, me, and my my three sisters who are sort of seven, eight, and nine years older than me. So wow. he became basically a single father and running a business. Mm. And God knows how he coped. God, but you know, nobody ever talked about it. Yeah, you know, there yeah. was this this line we just do not cross we just got on with it mm. and I can see how um, painful and traumatic that is now looking back but it's just like that's the situation you get on with it yeah. um, so yeah it was really sort of difficult for him so sort of finish work and then come home and try and deal with they were getting into three teenage girls and boyfriends <laughs> and all of that <laughs> and me becoming very mixed up and very angry so for this the first part was almost angelic. Um, what also happens is uh, there was a property boom. You know, so his business started flowing re- you mm. know, really well. So suddenly you know, there was nice cars. Our house was full of habitat and furniture and stuff like that. Um, so we had all of that. But behind closed doors, there was always something missing. Um, but again, we, we never, never really spoke about it. So it was going from that during the week to you know B&Bs or wherever my mum was living at the time mm-hmm. in thing um, I learnt to play a role because then I'd have to go into London and make friends with the kids around there yeah. so it was yeah it was a, there was a big sort of sociological change I suppose yeah. but I, again I didn't understand it so that I learned to be who I need to be in there um, going forward, my my teenage years of schooling um, were essentially a write-off. I was really, really angry. Um, from, from from this, the, from yeah. the split up. No, nobody, nobody discussed it. Nobody actually asked me how I was or what he was doing. You know, there was there wasn't any idea of, you know, there was no external family mm. um, near us, um, and also it was only took into my 40s I was diagnosed with dyslexia and dyspraxia right. um, so traditional education didn't work for me so I was all seen as a massive troublemaker very disruptive influence because mm. I would question because we do it just doesn't make sense you know what wh- why are we doing this which is not what you want in a pupil yeah. um, but that's really frustrating like listening to, to hear that and I, and I, I, again I often talk about it the education system yeah. on the podcast uh, as you probably know but like so and, and Leon Taylor I've, I've spoke to previously who come on and he, he was di- like yeah. you know hyperactive and ADHD along those lines but just really hyperactive but so just didn't engage in a certain way like you're saying with the amount of people I've spoke to who have been diagnosed with dyslexia mm-hmm. and it's just actually I don't engage in that way with the, the curriculum that, that we've got in this country and I just why are people still not listening to, it didn't to that? It did seem. There was actually, um, there's a very old uh, episode of Grange Hill where one of the pupils gets, uh, they diagnose him with dyslexia and is immediately left and has to go to a special needs school. You know, that's just how it, it was. You were, think, but I, that didn't make any sense because I was quite a bright lad anyway. Yeah. I was very engaged verbally and, you know, I loved art and English but things like maths and learning facts 
just didn't work for me. So I ended up leaving. I left school at 15 with no qualifications mm. and no idea of what was going on. And that again was completely odd because my, my dad had gone to Oxford. You know, wow. he was a very, very bright lad. But I just, I didn't fit in. Um, and it didn't make sense. But, you know, I, thought, I, w I went back to college, did my GCSEs again. And in a, in a, a better setting, because I mm. went to an all-boys school that was, it was quite tough. Mm. So, again, you'd, you'd have to assume a role. You didn't want to be a SWAT. You didn't want to be this. Mm. So I'd be the class clown or whatever. Mm. Just anything to get me in without people digging any deeper because of the e unpacked it a few years ago you know, actually in counseling the the shame of the guilt of you know your mum's in the nut house how the hell are you going to cope with that on the the playground yeah you know you're just not so nobody knew therefore i'm that and i had nice trainers and stuff people that could only see that side of me mm. so it was so you played a role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A mask, yeah. as it's, it's now sort of called. And mm. you don't realise the, the tension that, that builds up. It. It's almost, um, you know, being secret school, private eye, because you just can't let that role slip or that mask slip. Mm. Um, you know, fortunately now I, I understand it a lot more and I've got a better understanding and a lot of, you know, more sympathy. Mm. But it, I imagine it was, you know, incredibly hard for my dad as well there was you know we talk about going to the playground now as dads and it being yeah. a bit lonely but there were absolutely no other men in the play although oh, i think there was occasionally one other lad whose dad was a postman that would if he was on the early turns yeah. he'd turn up but the rest of it nobody ever talked to my dad you know we didn't have play dates we didn't do any of that uh, the stuff that we we see as normal mm -hmm. and every day it just didn't happen there was always a Oh, you know, well, his mum's not here. Oh, she, oh, she's probably a, well, a scarlet woman that's run off. And that was a terrible way to describe her because it, that wasn't it. But if that's what people wanted to think, mm. let them think that. That, that. that described about that your feelings of sort of anger and stuff at that, at that time. Was that mm. di directed more at your mum or your dad or just at the situation in general? Or Everybody. Yeah. If I'm honest, I had, yeah, they'd always carry it off. Always got red hair. He's got red hair temper. Uh, but no, I, I'd have a hair trigger temper. And I think the bottom line is that I wasn't being listened to, or I wasn't being heard, or I didn't understand. And when my my sisters were a lot older, I'd kind of have to almost assume they're old as a mini teenager. So mm. I, c I couldn't put my hand on. I don't really understand that, or I don't understand. It. Oh yeah, I do. But in a six, seven, eight year old's mind. I'd got completely the wrong end of the stick. Mm. But, yeah, I think there was, yeah, probably a load of misjudged anger towards mum. I didn't understand what had gone on with her. Mm. Certainly wasn't sympathetic towards that. Um, yeah, I, I would fight at a drop of a hat. Oh. You know, and I'm a peace and love merchant now. It's, uh, I'm so Yeah, well, different. this is what I mean. It's so interesting to, to hear you talk like that. From the dad that I know and yeah. have got to know over the last couple of years, and the complete opposite. Like the the words anger and wouldn't come into my into my yeah. mind to describe you as an individual, like you said. Yeah. But so when 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 did you feel that 
sort of cha- started to change for you. Like I went obviously coming out of school in at fifteen, and yeah. before you go back in, what, what, what was there a turning point for you? Do you think that? that no, I I realised I had to stop fighting because I'd get into serious trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also my my sort of friendship groups changed, my interests changed. Mm. You know, I was very into music and the arts and stuff like that. Um, so it, w- it wasn't till sort of much much years later because I was still wearing a mask, but I would wear a mask of whatever role I was then, you know, a college mm. student or. What, whatever it needed to be. I was the cheeky, funny one who would always you know, be relied on to do the stupid things that nobody else was brave enough or yeah. daft enough to, should we say, <laughs> daft enough to do. Um, no, it, w- it was many, many years later, probably into my 30s, wow. that I understood a lot more about myself, uh, who I am, what I'm good at, mm. and maybe not to learn to listen so much to those other people around me so something we're going to touch on a bit later is the advice that I would give to my teenage self is not to listen to those people because those people most of them are not important you know mm-hmm. I, I go on Facebook now and I see people that I went to school with and if they told me to do something I'd do it or if they told me if I, yeah, I'd have this idea and they go oh, you can't do that can you I go oh no I can't and now they're stuck in dead end lives, yeah. and I'm thinking, why did I listen to you? What? Why did you have so much power over me? Because it, it, is it like for kids, ultimately, and, and they're still in society. It's almost that feeling of wanting to fit in in some way, don't we? We need to be yeah. accepted in yeah. some way. You, you, whatever it is that you f- feel you can do to fit into those environments and that social yeah, circles. Yeah, absolutely. That, like, you, you, we talk, you know, talk on here about sort of alcohol and drinking and stuff. There's that social culture around. Yeah. I, I love a drink, I don't mind it, but th- th- there's that pressure then, especially from a bloke's point of view, you turn up, oh, what's the matter, you're not drinking? Why, yeah, why, why, why is yeah, that? Yeah. Like, what's wrong? Like, what, what, I, I don't want to yeah. put <laughs> this poison into me and you're asking me what's wrong. Like, yeah. I can't, like, but it is just the way society is and the way, but, and that comes from the school playground, doesn't it? Right up yeah, until or even into still into adulthood. The workplace, if, um, yeah. you know, I, so I, di- I didn't know what I kind of wanted to do. Um, I didn't have a, a wide frame of reference. Hmm. So I sort of immediately fell into sales because I was good at chatting. So that's why I just did telly sales. Right. So everything from those crazy, you know, like Sunday magazines, you yeah. get, oh, do you want 12 months grits to <laughs> pottery dogs? Yeah, that would be me that was bugging you. Um, or I went into publishing. Um, and that was the, oh, it was a magazine called Cranes UK. So I used to sell advertising in and construction Europe magazine. Um, wow. So just battering the phones, trying to get half-page and quarter-page adverts wow. out of people. Soul-destroying work. But but I, I, tell you, like, I, I listened to something Stephen Bartlett said the other day mm. on um, Diversity, and he was, he, he, he'd done a thing that he posted on LinkedIn saying about actually telesales is probably the best skill that you could learn as a... In it, as an entrepreneur, as, yeah. as just as an individual, whatever l- career that you want to go into, the, the things that builds resilience, like you say, constantly back, getting no, million no's, yeah. but you'll get that one yes. And how and to deal with different people, yeah. um, you know, people from very, very different backgrounds. Yeah, you, 
it does it bears a confidence you know when it, not you again not you again not you again yeah but I've got my governor just sat there yeah. and if I'm not on the phones and I'm not selling then I'll be sacked yeah. that's so I kind of have to so it does build a a huge sense of um, resilience and I sort of did that and any number of jobs I, I was a painter and decorator um, I worked as a law clerk anything I'd sort of live for the weekend so as long as I had a... Is that all through your 20s? Like pretty, pretty much like till I was about... Yeah, 25, 26. I just cared about the weekend and partying. So yeah. as long as I had money for nice clothes and, you know, to hit a few clubs at the weekend, yeah. um, that's all that really mattered to me and to my friends. That was, you know... It was the only and, night and, a lot of, yeah, and a lot of people in their 20s, you, you do do that if you haven't, you know... A, a job like nowadays is a, it's slightly different and now it is a little bit different but I think back back then especially in your early 20s just go and get a job and that job is literally just to pay yeah. for me to have a good time not that's it there was no career, career or part of thing, me, yeah. but um, it was only uh, a couple of years later I started working for uh, an organisation called the Newspaper Licensing uh, mm. Agency and what they did is they controlled the copyright on news articles for all of the sort of national newspapers mm. so it was telesales but I'd have to phone up companies and see if they were uh, infringing on copyright which is a very painful job believe <laughs> me but, oh did you once co- photocopy that article you did right here's a five grand fine or well, depending okay. on whoever it was um, but it was part of that was I had a client base and there was a lot of PR companies in there mm. and this was the early days of guerrilla marketing so they'd do these crazy PR stunts and I was sort of talking I want to do that. How do I do that job? How, mm. You know, tell tell me. You know, I'd build these relationships and constantly be asking them. I wasn't selling, but I was just, how do you do this? That that sounds wonderful. Have you thought about doing this? Um, that's that curious mind. That, that it it really about, was. I thought that's you know, I hadn't had that frame of reference. Um, but that ignited well, something in you. Did yeah, the absolutely. Uh, there, there's something else out there. So yeah. I ended up. Uh, I did get sacked from that job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You need to be selling you asking a load of questions. Yeah, I got... Trying to get to know people. I got sacked from a lot of jobs, actually, and I left uh, quite a lot because I got bored very easily. I was very good at interviews, but actually doing the job when I realised how tedious and horrible it was. Um, And then around that time, there was the... The younger brother of one of my old schoolmates had got a Prince's Trust loan to start a record label, and they'd started putting on um, a range of sort of... uh, Sort of early UK hip hop gigs, mm. and I heard about it. And I thought, oh, I'd just be a gang of kids, blah, blah, blah. and I'd okay, I'll try and I'll go to the show, and they're packing in four or five hundred people, and I, wow, haha, yeah. I, I want a part of this, <laughs> so I sort of turned my my marketing brain on and volunteered for them. Um, I sort of got to know the internet, got to know the very early days of social media, mm. um, so there was. It was sort of MySpace and forums and stuff. But I'd go on there, um, you know, chatting about the, the latest record release, and suddenly they're getting orders from Japan or Australia. And I'm thinking, whoa, whoa there, there is, there's something here. But mm. nobody knew what it was, and it certainly wasn't a business. Um, and then I got a job for... Oh, I had to go back to night school, because I realised the thing that was stopping me was not having qualifications. Right. Uh, so I needed to join the Chartered Institute of Marketing, 
Yeah. As soon as I had that on my CV, he would open doors. That's why I was being shut out. Yeah, yeah. So I went back to night school for a bit, got that on my CV, and almost immediately got a job. So I was the marketing manager for a PR agency, very high-end um, furniture. So the sort of stuff you'll see in Homes and Garden magazine and the Suns Sunday Times, mm. we would rep those. And then part of my, my brief there was to analyse all of our suppliers. So I said, um, they'd hired an SEO company. This is, yeah, maybe 20 years ago. Right, so right. again, I made friends. I go, why is this? How do you do this? How do yeah. you do this? How do you do? How do you do? And sort of taught myself so that I could talk to myself. We don't really need that agency anymore because they've been really, the agency had been really successful signing up new business, but they just didn't have capacity to do the work. So I know how to do this now. I can do it and save us. Okay, do it. Brilliant. That started being successful. I was like, why don't we start offering this to our clients? And he's like, no, 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 no. The internet's just a fad. You just, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I was like, bang, look, there is, there is. And ended up building my own sort of department, as we say, and a business offering yeah. for digital marketing. Um, so we were doing the, I was doing outreach, um, content, SEO, and actually had a really nice additional revenue stream. But I was still getting new clients. So it was, it was happy days. Yeah. But they didn't understand it, but you know, those invoices could continuously <laughs> yeah, go out yeah, every yeah. single month. And actually, there's another you know thirty. They didn't understand grand. it, but they liked it. <laughs> yeah, 30, 40 grand on the bottom line. We'll just let them get on with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was. Um, but I think it's the thing I've never done f like formal training. I've, like, yeah. so I'm curious. So but that's a great way of learning. But that's a great. Do you not think there's something? There's a great way of learning, isn't there? And, and like, like, like you said, by being so curious, it will open doors, and you ask those questions, and you'll find out about something. Yeah. And if that, you know, not something in you that you're passionate about, you then go and follow that, and you're you're figure but you out. You need the time and space and support to do that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, and you need somebody that will maybe support you to go and take those risks. So you know, okay, I've got five days a week, but what if I do? all of this stuff in those three days and I work really, really hard. Can I have this bit of time to go and explore and maybe mm. learn and make sure, well, as long as the money's coming in yeah. and, you know, we've got some nice clients and there's a, then, yes, I'm really thankful uh, to him because he, he had quite an entrepreneurial way yeah. about him, my, yeah, my boss at that agency. So I was there for four years yeah, and, okay. yeah, I'd built a, a nice little extra business for him. And, and then, over the years, worked in different roles in different yeah. marketing agencies, haven't you, and stuff like that. But then, what? When t talk to me then about leaving some of them full time roles and, and actually starting, I guess the the, the first the, the, one. Um, the, well, I was yeah. After that role, I'd moved down to Brighton. I'd met my my now ex wife and got out of Tunbridge Wells because it was a very small town. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, I knew everybody. Yeah, and. Again, there was still that level of masking because they knew you from then, so you'd always have to be that person. Mm. Well, I, I sort of went online, discovered Wired Sussex, saw all these great jobs and opportunities and how Brighton was really bubbling. Yeah. And you know, Brighton was an hour and a half about from where I was living, so I want to move there. So I came down, had a couple of roles, um, became a sort of digital director of, again, a traditional PR agency. So I did exactly what I did for the other fella. Mm. Went over there and 
almost revolutionise their offering. Um, but I realised I was probably doing 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah. I was throwing but I was getting nothing back in return. And at the time, my my dad was really ill as well. He'd got vascular dementia. So he, he his world had been us and his business. Mm. And then he'd been sort of forced to retire. And he crumbled, like a lot of men, because they kind of lost his sense of being. So I had to travel back from Brighton one night a week. And then I don't drive, um, so I'd have to get the bus back in the morning. It was all really taking its toll. Mm. Um, and then my, my wife announced that we were pregnant. So I thought, I've got to do something different. So I, I jacked in and started my, my first sort of digital PR agency uh, called Don't Believe the Hype, where I took SEO, I took social media as it was there, traditional PR and video. And I was saying to people, rather than, you know, you pay an invoice to that agency, that agency, that agency, and none of them ever talk to each other because it's all about egos. (laughs) Come to me, we'll do that one strategy, have that one sole focus, and join up the end. So I had some, you know, very bright people that I'd met along the way, and I'd brought them in. Mm. So, yeah, um, don't believe the hype. It it flew. I had my first client within three weeks. there was a, actually a lovely memory where I went up against four or five other really established PR agencies for yeah. Brighton Racehorse contract. Um, and I needed a Gmail account and everything. And I won that pitch. Wow. And I got that telephone call on the day that I took my son home from hospital. So it's like, well, now is the, now is the time. I'm doing this for you, mate. Yeah. No stopping me. Um, I did that for couple of years and then <coughs> in the series of three months it was kind of all gone I what, got what, what happened with a, that? Huh, a very polite client decided to stiff me for about 15 grand and then the there was three or four other uh, clients they just all dropped off for various reasons nothing that we'd done wrong mm. it just and suddenly out of nowhere I had nothing and uh, how old was your son how old he was, he was under one. Wow. And that was, I felt like a massive failure. That was a really, really dark time. Mm. I felt I'd let him down. I'd let my dad down because if my dad could build a business, why couldn't I? Mm. You know, I'd made all these promises to, you know, my wife and her family. Her family were very sort of against the idea of me going independent. Mm. You know, didn't really trust or believe in me. Mm. And yeah, that took me to a, the darkest, darkest places because I thought I was going to be bankrupt. We'd lose the roof over our head. What sort of. I remember thinking my son would be better off without me because what sort of role model would I be? Because oh. I was a failure. Um, you, you went to that. Put like I that, went to that, that, that place. Um, and that, yeah, it was, that was tough. It was horrifying. But I. What, what what got what got you at that from 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 that, from that I, I got some counselling, okay, and picked up and um, also I had a. Was you talking to people at the time? Like because like, nah. I guess that's that's what we're alluding to for yeah. that whole thing. You mentioned at the beginning the fact that actually we don't as men we 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 bottle things up and we take that pressure on because there's still in our our heads and the pressure we put on ourselves to become providers. Yeah, is that then 
if something happens and you're not achieving that, yeah. like you said, that feeling of failure. And it, it was horrible, but it was actually a, I phoned my dad and we didn't really have open conversations. Mm. It was, our relationship was very much based on banter. You know, we'd take the mickey out of his continuous. That was how he showed his love. Mm. And I, I sort of opened up and I said, I'm screwed. And he said, don't worry, I've been there. You'd be surprised, you know, he went through two recessions in, yeah. the, in the sort of construction industry. And he said, don't worry. So popped a couple of grand in my account. He said, look, I'll cover you. Just take a break and then go and get another job. So that's what I, I did. I was able to go and get a, uh, a job in a sort of a big media company and take the skills that I had into that, which is great because somebody else was paying the bills. Yeah. And I could just learn and do all these other um, wild and wacky ideas for major name clients. So I had Barclay cards on my book. Mm. I had the, the white stuff, the fashion label. Um, I did some really interesting stuff with uh, a group of blind bo blind bloggers mm. for Visit Wales where we took them on a sound scene. So rather than going sightseeing, we went on the mm. sound thing. So what does Wales sound like? Um, did that for 18 months, but I didn't feel it. Is the... <laughs> that that thing of just take me back to that yeah. your sort of minds how long did that period last of you obviously after you closed the business before you, before, um, before you was, sort of come out of that and then got, got an extra probably a couple of months mm. I hit rock rock bottom but I was still getting up in the morning and trying to do another deal because I had responsibilities mm. somebody had to pay the bills um, my uh ex-wife you know she was still on you know coming out maternity leave and stuff like that so mm. I've always been able to get a job I've never been short you know shy of hard work yeah. but it was um, honest, I think I had some kind of breakdown because I just couldn't focus or concentrate or even you know there's a couple of times writing two or three emails a day that would just exhaust me and she'd come mm. back and go so what have you done today to change the situation well I've done that is that enough and I know it's not enough but I don't know what but that's more pressure put on, uh, it's hard isn't it yeah I don't you, think they meant to do no, it no 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 but they, I guess from their point of view they're, they're as worried as uh, as they're you terrified. are yeah, yeah that, terrified. Oh, we're going to lose our house are we gonna, is this a position we're gonna, and they want you to solve it and you need to get out there and solve it I and, told them I'd solve it yeah um, but yeah that was yeah thankfully I you know family that I could go to yeah, yeah. Um but no, I never talked about stuff. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I I was at this agency for a couple of months. My dad passed away during that time. Mm. And that, I did a typical bloke thing. I didn't talk about that. Um, and then sort of six months into it, it hit me. And I broke. Um, strangely, my, my son gave me chicken pox for the second time. Um yeah. So I, I was forced to take two weeks of work. I didn't take any... I think I had a couple of days off when my dad passed. But mm. i got clients to work with. You know? Um, but it was in that two-week period that I was sort of confined to barracks. I played with my son more than I'd done in months because I'd leave really early in the morning. I'd get home late at night. Mm. Yeah, if I was lucky, I'd put him to bed and then have him on a Saturday and... He was probably two or three at that time. Yeah. And that, that was very lonely and challenging. And we'd moved over to Worthing. I didn't know anybody. 
still felt like a massive failure. But then that, where I'd become ill with a chicken pox, I thought, I love this boy. I want to spend more time with him. He, he needs me to run. So I ended up quitting that job and said, right, I'm just going to have a couple of months off to recover and deal with the the grief and mm. the, the, the stress. You know, we had some money in the bank, so it wasn't... The, the pressure was off for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then after a couple of weeks, my entrepreneurial brain kicked in, and I'm thinking, oh, well, I've got to do something here. So I got a client uh, who was a music promoter so I started doing promotion for gigs and interviewing acts like Fun Loving Criminals and Ocean Colour Scene so I said wow. I was a music journalist and I was getting <laughs> paid for it so I was like Love that. living it but the beauty of that I was able to do the go to nursery school and drop the boy off or volunteer there which was weird because you know the kids weren't used to seeing a, a man yeah. in that setting so I felt like a rock star like, <laughs> yeah. oh. um yeah, and he was, and I've sort of never been back since. That yeah, that job led to a, a load of others. I started blogging around that time because mm. I'd also realised that there was a huge range of mummy bloggers out there, um, but there was nobody telling our story. Mm. So I thought, okay, I'm going to write. Maybe my my grammar's not the best, but you know, I could tell a good story. Started blogging. The blog actually took off really well. It ended up being a magazine which had 18 different dads from around the UK writing. Um, wow. That became the world's first agency of dad because we started to have brands that suddenly saw the potential of working with this dad audience that they couldn't tap into. Mm. And they were sending me creative briefs and they were just awful. Really, you know, they just really poor narrative of, about being dad. You know, we can't dance. We're only interested in beer and football. And I'm like, I'm not having this. Yeah. Um, so I wrote something called the Dadafesto, where it was a challenge to the the advertising agency to not assume, you know, we're all like Peppa Pig's dad. You know, we're not all imbeciles. Yeah. Um, and off the back of that, I worked with Disney, I worked with Marvel, I worked with BMW. Um, so that sort of grew. And then I've got this other little business that I've just created, but I'm able to... Know, do the mum and toddler groups but can feel really lonely mm. because it's like what are you doing here on a Monday morning you know haven't you got a proper job mm. you know or you know he's here to have an affair or the, the stories I mean, you know, he's probably a paedophile because he's at the play with kids yeah, they, and I, but I, I, hopefully that, that you know there, there's a shift by creating the group that you have and doing what you that there is that shift but there, there is still that stigma a little bit attached to it. I think yeah. it, you know it's a more acceptable in the fact that there's more spaces for men to speak more openly yeah. about stuff and be a little bit more vulnerable and there's not that stereotype that we've had to when you go back to the you know or, or whenever and, and, and before but um, there is still that narrative out there isn't yeah. there and there, there is still there, underlying yeah, yeah, yeah as a bloke what am I doing here on a Monday morning yeah. shouldn't I be working and shouldn't I be doing this and that and I thought well, no, because I don't have to. I'll mm. just work. There's times when, you know, my son's in bed or he's around, yeah. rather than doing nine to five, being pinned to somebody else's desk. Didn't have to do it. So, yeah, Dadless Soul sort of. I had the the magazine, the agency there. Um, 
I created something called Top Rocking Beats, which was a range of afternoon raves because I got fed up again of not having a social life. <laughs> um, in, in Worthing, they had these beautiful old theatres, but they had no entertainment for young families. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to hire them, bring in some old DJ mates, bring some soft play in, and have it large between four and <laughs> seven. That. I love that. that um, I just, um, just want to touch yeah. on that. I'm just... I'm just thinking about listening to your yeah. story listening to you talk about it I want, I'm wondering like the, with the that the self and the passion that you've obviously got from it obviously it come around by you having them couple of weeks with your son but is there also a link maybe I'm, I'm just speaking out loud I guess yeah. around it with with your dad and the fact absolutely. that absolutely he obviously payback. yeah for, for him it like absolutely. a legacy almost for for what he'd done for you at that yeah. young age it really, there was abject, there was no support there. Absolutely none whatsoever. I don't know how he coped. Um, and he probably didn't cope very well, mm. but we never saw it. Um, you know, there were single parent groups mm. at the time, but, you know, that tended to be mums that wore dungarees that voted C&D, well, you know, yeah, as yeah. I do. But, you know, my dad was a very successful businessman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He couldn't go to groups like that and he's you know the idea of organizing a dad's play date probably would have been you know the room behind the pub let's put star <laughs> wars on there and all the fellas <laughs> will just go in here and have a few pints <laughs> occasionally five hours later pop there yeah nobody's dead fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah it is it's it's a payback yeah. um, because i realized the the sacrifices that he had to make and rather than uh being ashamed of the past mm actually that really did shape me so yeah very yeah my Sad. yeah my dad was granddad the soul you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i love that i love that i mean as we're sort of just touching on that yeah. sort of period and you've obviously mentioned him there's a few statistics that i, I, I took out of obviously a couple yeah. of bits like with six million dads um in the uk with dependent children but th this is one that and by having these conversations, this is one that kills me. Ninety-six men un, um, under forty-five lost to suicide every week in the UK. Terrible. That yeah. is absolutely mind-blowing for me. When mm. I when you hear that type of statistic, you go, "Why? Why is that? Why is that happening?" But you also think that's me. Yeah. That's him. That's most of my pals. Yeah. Gone. It's three times higher than women. And the that that's that. It's because men don't talk. Yeah. We're not set up to talk genetically, historically, mm. maybe sociologically. So it is about changing that narrative. And I don't say all of those, obviously, guys under 40 are dads. Yeah, yeah. But there is a there's a huge pressure on there. Mm. But we are women. We'll yeah. just take it, just chuck it onto us, and we'll, di we'll deal with it. We've got big shoulders. Yeah. And doesn't it? It's what goes on behind the scenes and internally. That's why I ended up getting ill going to those dark times, because... God forbid I'd put my hand up and ask for help. Wasn't in my DNA. No, 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 no. And I think so many of us are like, unfortunately, like that still. Yeah. It's because there's still, uh, and as much as it, it's talked about more now, but there's still that, it's intrinsic, and especially, I guess, our generation, that intrinsic being that, that vulnerability, being yeah. a bit vulnerable, crying in front of mates, or yeah. being a bit vulnerable, and actually asking for help is is seen as a bit of a weakness. You go, no, 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 of course I'm all right. Yeah. And we put on, like you said, you, you mentioned about masks, we put on these masks 
on a regular basis where we go out. Social media, we're guilty of it. We have big smiles on, and oh, I'm guilty of it. We do that. Yeah. Naturally, deep down, you, you, you're screaming out, going, I'm, I'm really struggling at the moment. And But there's this image, and I've got to portray a certain image, yeah. and but I've got to wear that certain mark. The people that are relying on you for. Yeah. And you can't do that, so it's almost a sense of, they don't mean to do it, but there's an additional pressure on you. Mm. Because mm. you've got to be the strong provider, the one that, you know, put your arms around the, you know, the wife and kids and yeah. protect them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're not up to the job, you're not a man then, are you, really? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah it's that, and, that, and that's, the, that, that's the problem, isn't it? That's, the, that's where it, I guess so deep down there is that thing of looking at it and going, we've got to create more spaces. We've got to have these conversations. We've got to be able, what you've created with Daddy yeah. Soul. That, that, the thing that I've found amazing about it for me is not just the fact that it's twofold for me and okay. I guess one yeah. of the, but one is that on a Saturday I do come down and it's just me and the kids and I can sit there and I play Lego with them and I'm, I'm not distracted really by work. I'm just there with them and yeah. we're having a bit as, of, dad. as a dad and yeah. that is that is why i'm there and everyone else even people within the business community who i see on networking events they're there in a different capacity they're, they're yeah. there as dad and that's the great thing that's that's a, that's a magical thing you mentioned it earlier didn't you say so you, you see a very different side to them yeah. and actually you build up a, a much stronger relationship yeah. you go, yeah, you're looking a bit tired it's yeah it's because of this but yeah. actually if we saw, saw them at golf or yeah. wherever it's fine to Pressure of business, but you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's a different mask that we wear. E exactly. So it's the more human face. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Of it. So it doesn't matter if you've got six-figure salary or you know you've got dads that are forced to use food banks. Yeah. Does not matter. You come through those doors. You're those three dad. letters, that DAD, or you're a stepdad, or mm. you know you're a male carer, or you know foster carers. Mm. Uh, dads have gone through the adoption process. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Those masks come off do these fun activities, but also, you know, at any point in time, some of you are being in a conversation with somebody who 10 minutes ago was a stranger yeah. and they're pouring out their heart to you and you go, okay, so I'm allowed to do this now. Yeah. It's not, we don't sit in a circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's where, unfortunately, mental health services traditionally, they only look to things at point of crisis and this is intervention beforehand, but without, you know, so imagine walking into a pub and going to a group of middle-aged men Right. Anybody lonely? No, don't yeah. be ridiculous. <laughs> Anybody isolated? Anybody? No. The matches. I'm sure. Shut up. Yeah. Actually, yeah, we are. And I am. And I'm. I've been there myself, so I understand that the signs and the signals. So what we're able to do is look at that as a wide thing and break down all those boundaries. It's intimidating walking into a strange place where you're not going to know anybody. You're going to feel like a Billy No Mates. Yeah. You know, you're going to think everybody knows each other and you're going to, uh, and even if, you know, you're really confident, like somebody like you, yeah, yeah, that's going to be tricky. If somebody is even more sort of socially anxious or, you know, bottom line, maybe doesn't have any friends, their friends are on Facebook. Mm. There's nobody to go, you know, do you fancy a pint, do you fancy a cup of tea? This thing here or this thing here, these things, I don't know how to fix. And I'm racking my brains and I'm, waking up in the middle of the night or you know and maybe opening up that second or third bottle of wine yeah, yeah. of an evening uh, just so I can sleep but you know it's alright no it's not because that the long term consequences of that mm. are extremely damaging for you 
and then your role as a partner, as a provider, as a father. Mm. So it's sort of, yeah, the conversations I've been almost blessed to have with people, it's, it's absolutely nuts because if you met these people, you know, tall, good-looking, nice house, blah, 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 yeah. open door. Yeah. And it all come, come, you know, traumatic birth stories or, you know, struggles with addiction, uh, guys that come into terms with, you know, uh, serious levels of childhood sexual trauma. Mm. Never spoken about it. But actually, in here, they can do, and there's no judgment. There's no, you know, there's a shoulder to cry on. We do have, you know, existing pathways mm. if people need them, but it more is like, pull up a chair, right? What's anyone? How are you? Yeah. How, how how are you? Mm. And if they don't answer, I'll tell them and I'll go, well, I'm this. How can you do that? You can't be struggling with that, Dan. You're this, this, and this. Shall I, like we said earlier, we literally pull back the curtain and see what goes on backstage. I just wanted to say something about one of our sponsors, Plus X. I've been a member for over two years now, and the podcast studio here is the home to the County Business Talks podcast. Brighton is the perfect location to create build and grow a business with role models and inspiration at every turn. It's no wonder that this has become a hotbed of innovation and entrepreneurialism. So if you're building your future here on the South Coast, there's no better place than Plus X Brighton. Seven stories of cutting edge space expertly designed to support all kinds of business from newly started freelancers to large established corporates. With flexible, dynamic environment, ranging from co-working desks to private studios, their specialist facilities include a state-of-the-art prototyping workshop and media suites. They also maintain a community-focused event schedule and offer all kinds of business support programmes. Built for anyone who wants to make a change, PlusX has everything you need. Find out more at www.plusx.space. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah, and this because it, it's not it, it's even like the WhatsApp group. Like just just the level of support on there. Like you, someone posts something on there about a question about something that yeah. they're struggling with, and straight away people are there answering. Whether it's or, or like you say, just being in the environment. Um, the only thing I haven't done is one of the socials yet, which I'm I'm planning yeah. to do so, soon. But but even ju- like I say, just building those relationships and having some conversations when you're there with the kids and stuff like that. It's just you you, you just feel like there's that you feel part of a community. That's it, exactly, and it, the, 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 the it is all shapes and sizes. We, you know, we had one lad who he was in his forties, married a couple. He was coming to terms with his sexuality, and he came out, right? And he's his world exploded, and he was like, "I had a big, you know, heated discussion with my, my my wife and told her everything, and I think the kids heard more than they should have done. The kids were eight and twelve, mm. and I don't want to do." And that was on our sort of private Facebook and the amount of support that just came out, mate, you've got to be yourself, you've got to do this because ultimately if you live alive, then your kids are never going to know you, never going to know the real you. Mm. And if you said that out loud, guys come out to a bunch of geezers. You would think typically it would be very, very different. Or, you know, dads whose partners are struggling with, you know, the menopause or... um, Maybe they've got kids that are, you know, reassigning agendas. Yeah. Traditionally, we don't know that type of stuff. Yeah. And to be able to go, this is happening, and I'm trying to do the right thing, but that bit doesn't make sense. Or I'm still 
if I'm honest, I'm not sure about this thing because it's mm. not how I was brought up. Yeah. But that's all right. You ain't, you can say that out loud, yeah. you know. And then, but actually, here's Jimmy over there that's done a, been through a similar thing. Why don't you sit down and have a brew yeah. with him? And the, the sort of wisdom of the village. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Because you're, look, I, I, I've spoken about it many times about Luca, and Luca's very gender fluid and, um, I, and I always, I was, I was a boy who was brought up in Dagenham. Yes. Um, you know, went to the roughest school in the borough, and you yeah. look at it and go, actually, my, my brain when he first started, um, you know, questioning his gender as young as like he was eighteen months, two years old when he first started wearing Sienna's clothes and yeah, yeah. like that. And my, my brain automatically went to a place of, if I'd done that when I was at school, I'd have got killed i can't i can't i wasn't bullied i was very lucky not to be bullied but i see yeah. people that were yeah um which was horrible um and my, there was a fear factor then was you want to protect him yeah i want to protect yeah. i was like and there was a fear factor but ultimately what he's taught me in the in the first seven years of his life has been at the most mind-blowing experience for, for me as an individual yeah. i like to think myself open-minded but you look at that and and the the one thing that we we've alluded to on here already, and we speak about all the time, is actually living the life true to ourselves. Is the is the one key thing that we got to do. If the biggest regret of the dying is that I've not lived a life true to myself. Yeah. If that is the that's the biggest regret of the dying. That's ultimately what we got to find. And once we found that, that's where fulfilment, contentment, and happiness comes from. So he's recognised that at such a young yeah, age, well, which is mind-blowing. And yeah. you go, wow. Like, it's a learning experience for everybody, oh, isn't it? Absolutely. Going and questioning those long-held yeah. beliefs. And, uh, yeah, sort of very similar. I mean, kids in the playground, if they were slightly different, bang. Yeah. yeah. The, the bullies would be on them, yeah. let alone enough to be brave enough or confident enough to say, look, this is me. Actually, if you've got a problem, it's your problem, it's not mine. Yeah, See you later. Yeah. So that that's that's incredibly admirable, and I think our kids do have a you know, a lot to teach us mm. about that level of acceptance. You know, I took my son to we took part in the pride uh, parade, and we were there, and it's funny, it's, we were just having a competition. It was best dressed, and not one did he think, oh, that's weird or that's mm. not. It was just that, and actually, had I said something else. He would have been straight on me. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't say that, Dad. That's wrong. Do you yeah, know why? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, brilliant. So it's nice that we're there to teach and protect our children. But actually, if you think about it, it's the roles reverse. Yeah, they're uh, protecting and teaching us. Uh, it is honestly what he's taught me about the world in the in the first seven years is is amazing. And like I say, I'd like to think of myself as an open-minded, very liberal type, but. Uh, 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 there was some, I guess, own insecurities, yeah. own fear factors that come into to play with me that I did question something. Oh, what are we doing? And we still question, are we doing the right thing? And, yeah. and me and Kelly talk about it often. But, you know, of course, we're, we're, one thing that we come back to is, that if, is he happy? Yes. Yeah. Is, is he being who he wants to be? Yeah. Yes. On the, and a different person on different days. And that's, but it, that's his yeah. prerogative and that is, is what well, I, I think. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful thing, basically. Yeah. And we think we've still got a lot, we've got a long way to go. Yeah, uh, yeah, abs oh, absolutely, absolutely. But look, we, we talk, talked obviously about about community mm. and and oh, certainly the, the power of the community that you, you, you've built up here. To, to, but 
I guess over some of the challenges just running a business in general but mm. with a, with the within the community something that we're both passionate about about communities in general but what did you see some what did you see during lockdown with dads and within the community and maybe some challenges that they were facing i think it was lockdown obviously was a, a horrible horrible situation but mm. i think it, it provided some great learning for people so there was a lot of dads that suddenly had to work from home mm. So they saw a lot more of their kids. They saw a lot more of the day-to-day stuff that maybe they weren't part of mm. and how hard their partner works. Keeping mm. it, you know, you've got the traditional relationship yeah. where dad goes out, mum stays at home. But also I think they they understood the, you know, because you know, we had to be educators and we had to be teachers and we had <laughs> yeah. to be this and... You know, I, I'm not a teacher, mate. No, no, no. <laughs> I found that out quite quickly. So you know, I think the the first couple of days, I'd mapped out this schedule for my son. It was like, oh, Latin then. No, no, yeah. <laughs> and by by the like the end, he's like, I'm not having this. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, what to do? Um, and I just said, right, okay, what we're gonna do? We're gonna do music. Got out my old records. I said, just pick some stuff and we'll mm-hmm. play it, and I'll tell you about it, and I'll tell you about the artist. So you, that was it. That was music appreciation history. Love that. Um, but yeah, for the, the rest of the dads, obviously there was a lot of people that were, it was financially terrifying as well. The yeah. business had stripped away. Yeah. They couldn't get furlough, you know, um, which I couldn't. It was it was shocking. But I think because you're able to spend a lot more time with your kids, you realise, well, then that's how you want it to be. Yeah. So actually, I don't want to go back to this nine to five Commuting. Did, did you see quite a big shift then in, within the community of dads that are having that those points of reference where they actually? I think it was it? yeah. It did came up. We had some, you know. It also gave some real troubles because the because everybody else we had a dad that's always a volunteer organisation. Mm. So two of my directors left, and probably ninety eight percent of the volunteers left. And I had to. Mm-hmm. We were we were losing money. We we had nothing. So it's not quite, do I even continue with this? Um, and I had a, I had a word for myself. I had, I had a few, you know, tears in the ta- in the shower, a couple of times thinking, I can't cope with all of this. And, you know, co-parenting during lockdown mm. had its own range of potential challenges. Um, but I thought, yeah, I, I believe in this. It, it, now more than ever, mm. I need to be here. Um, so I ended up sort of, rebuilding Dad LaSalle and we did some great you know online events we did the the world's first international play date where we had dads in Kenya the States oh, Germany yeah. all yeah. coming to together and that was through you know some of the online networking stuff that popped up during Covid mm. I just got talking to this lady in I think Switzerland Susie he said oh you know you need to speak to this guy called James in the States that feels very similar and we did and we just put together this international community and it was like, great, there's a you know, black kid in Chicago talking to a, a white kid from Sussex about what lockdown looks like for them. And then the dads were doing a, a similar thing here. I don't know, how can I work? You know, when I've got a two-year-old using me as a human climbing <laughs> <Yeah>. frame <laughs> all, all, all the time. So yeah. I think there was a lot of, I think it was a, yeah, a gift where you spend that more time with your kids and it opened up the door and maybe pushed the the uh the dial on flexible working and hybrid working for yeah. pretty much most organizations 
uh, I know it's different even if you're a bus driver, you've got you've got to be at the yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for other people, you don't have to be in this office. You can work quite mm. effectively. Then maybe work a bit too much if you're at home. Mm. But yeah, do the school runs. Go for a play date game. You know those those football games or those those uh, school plays that I probably would have had to miss out, which I I did previously yeah, yeah. because I was in a culture where. I think I was one of the only parents in the team to try and get time off. So oh, I part timer. Oh really? It was a couple of hours a week. Yeah. And now I'm I'm angry for those people that are still in that situation because if you, if you give your from the HR point, if you give your team that flexibility, mm. they'll pay it back in spades. Because that that that. that again, the, cu- the culture piece that I always talk about within mm. a, within an environment, putting looking after your staff and putting people for it. And that doesn't have to be financial, does it? It doesn't have to be, oh, we're going to give you more money, we're going to give you a pay rise, no, all those things. That flexibility within an organisation. And like you said, I think lockdown highlighted that for so many people that you could go, actually, I, I am, I do love my work and I do love what I'm doing and I'm, whether it be your own business or whether yeah. I'm grafting and I'm putting the hours in. But actually, the important thing is what I'm doing it because we, we, we often question ourselves, don't we? We go, yeah. Oh, I'm doing it for them, that's why I'm doing it, that's why yeah. I'm working an 18 hour day because yeah. I'm doing it, I'm doing it for them, though. I'm doing it for them, but yeah. actually, all they want is you to spend time with them yeah. and be be present. It really, really is. It reminded me, but like being a, being a kid, I, I was really into Lego and I'd build these houses and I'd put it on, put it on top of the telly mm. for so my dad would see it when he came in because he was an architect, he built these amazing buildings. But he was so time poor that there wasn't the opportunity to maybe get on his hands and knees and play with me. Mm. It was my way of connecting. Now the world is different. Mm. And it really is, you know, time is the biggest, biggest thing. It's the biggest enemy. Mm. But it's also the biggest gift that you can give yourself. And those you know, in your circle. Yeah. Oh, I want to be, and I'm here for you, I need to listen to you, or, you know, we're just going to go down the beach and be daft. We're going to chase some seagulls for half an hour. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a moment, actually, when I started volunteering in my, my son's play school, and we took the kids down to beach school. We were very fortunate to live very close to the beach. Mm. So I had a group with the, the actual staff, obviously, they didn't let me give and take 30 kids <laughs> out on the road. Um, but I convinced them there was dinosaurs on the beach. And we went <laughs> dinosaur hunting. And it was like, this is nine, half past nine on a Monday morning. I think traditionally, I would have been in a status meeting for Bartley Card. Actually, I'm doing this. And the, the sheer amount of joy that I was getting and these kids. And it's like, that was like, that's my dad. That's, that's, I love that. I love that. You know, it's... It's beautiful and it's a memory that I hold very dear, mm. very dear indeed. I want to, as we're talking about the whole world, but I wonder, do you, you've gone from a period where you, you know, because of an illness, then you, you took that time, that that was a little bit of a wake up call, going, yeah. actually, I want to spend more, this is where I want to spend more time. Are you, where are you now? Because you still run a lot of different projects and you got, you know, you're, every time me and you talk, we're, <laughs> we're, we, we could, we could, we could spend a million ideas yeah, and we're, yeah, yeah, we're spinning, yeah. oh, what about this? Oh, good. And we're, we've both got that, again, that back to that curiosity, that ambition and stuff. So do you, do you feel yourself having to, to check in sometimes? Where are you now on, in regards to, 
that work-life I'm balance side of it. Better now. Uh, I've just uh, for the last two years, I was also had a four days a week with um, a strategic agency mm. uh, that we know, and then I was doing dadless old in the evenings and weekends and trying to be a dad, trying mm. to be a partner, and I had very little time for myself. Um, there was a guy I know called Mark Slade, and incredibly incredibly creative dude you know he set up festivals he'd done this mad telex talk and stuff and i phoned him and i said look i'm doing all this stuff but i'd still need some more money you know i've got uh, the bills are rising and stuff like that and he'd read this book called four thousand weeks yeah. and that's basically the amount of time you've got on this earth if you're lucky mm. so rather than doing a dozen things maybe just do one thing really well and that's he'd given up his stuff to get this very cool job but just focus on that and I thought well if you can do it maybe I could mm. so I looked at my schedule and realised I've got outside of all of these other buckets I had about 12 hours free and I had 12 different projects on the go no wonder I wasn't getting anywhere because <laughs> yeah. I just <laughs> simply didn't have the time mm. um, fortunately now I've um, I've been able to leave that role so I'm dadless holding full time and at the beginning of the year, I just sat down with my, my schedule and said, okay, what do I need to do? Right, I need to get healthier. So I booked in my sea swim, um, booked in my boxing glasses like we were talking about yeah, earlier, yeah. booked in hot pod yoga, booked in you know the time I need to spend with my, my son, my, my date nights uh, with my amazing partner. Right, They're the foundations. Right, Everything else comes after that. So if they stay in place, mm-hmm. everything... And before are they non negotiable have you got them in the thing? Yeah, 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 absolutely. They are. Um, there was a chap, Mark, uh, the chap that created Netflix, Mark, not Mark Raymond, Mark, something or other. Um, but he wrote something on LinkedIn the other day. He said, even through the, you know, from the early days of Netflix right the way through. Ah, oh, I saw it, yeah. Yeah, he'd have a hard deadline for five o'clock on a Tuesday for a date night. Yeah. And that's what kept him sane. So previously, then in the last couple of years, it has been exhausting and I've almost been caught on a hamster wheel mm. but I couldn't get off that because I had people again relying on me so maybe I didn't check in with myself mm. it's only now that I've been able to stop and reassess it you know I can't do that anymore I can't do that anymore. I need so these are my non-negotiables and I can fit everything else around that normally you would put you know you almost work as the, the bottom line yeah, yeah. and then because so, nah, I, I, I get that and I'm it's something I'm trying to do a lot more like my, my thing this year was trying to do that a mm. lot a lot more uh, and I'm trying to look at it the, the, I guess the the problem sometimes and again it, it comes back to unfortunately but it comes back to the money side of it yeah, sometimes because it? you actually do go and it's such a it's such a catch 22 is it because mm. you go actually I need to I need to work that bit oh, I need to keep that going I need to keep that going because that brings that bit of money in so yep. I'm going to keep that plate spinning yes. so that I've got that money and that's that little bit of security that keeps me alive and that, and that takes that the roof off overhead. yeah because yeah. if the, if you drop that plate you go okay I'm going to take that plate and I'm going to just do the, the these things mm. then you, you, you reassessing oh actually there's an additional pressure there because actually now I haven't got the money coming in so I'm, yeah, and that's yeah. where the, there's such a I guess where 
I'll, I'll, I'll get drawn back in sometimes, I guess, to those type of feelings where I look yeah. at you and go, and I'm, I'm still striving and got the ambition and still on the hamster wheel. I struggle to get off it because I think, oh, but if I just, and I know as I'm talking to you now yeah. and I'm saying, I'll just, just get to that point and then that will oh, we'll yeah. be all right. You're not going to be satisfied when you get to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you're going to just raise the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very, you know, determined, ambitious individuals. Yeah. We are driven. Yeah. But it is about, look, if you don't look after your health, you're not yeah. going to be able to get that money in anyway. Yeah. If your family decide they've had enough of you and leave you, you've got nothing. Yeah. So actually by swapping those priorities and also having the... I think this is a key thing about breaking out of your your different social circles and mm. talking to very different people with very different points of view that maybe you could draw some experience down. Mm. Go, look, you've, you've got all these assets. How do you sweat those more? Rather than doing more of 20 other things, yeah, yeah, yeah. you do yeah. those three things, but you do them so well, become an expert in that field, mm. but you do it on your terms. And that's terrifying. Mm. Absolutely terrified to take that you know, that jump from, you know, the, the secure world or the corporate world, as I did, mm. into freelance. Look, I had to do it yeah. because I don't know if I'd still be here if I was caught in that world. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. And I love it. And even, uh, t t tell me, let, if, we, if we went back then to yeah. that mindset of how you felt when you were in your darkest point when you saw yourself as a failure mm. do you do you where you are in your head now can you look back at that and realize that that was just a learning curve that was a period or do you still if you look go back to that point do you still see that point as a as a failure i don't see it as a failure because i i the raw feelings of the time mm. i feel that well now I, I look back i'm a failure because i didn't speak up and i didn't speak out mm. And I could have probably saved myself a whole heap of trouble by, you know, because I'm fortunate, I've got a great support network. I've got people that do care and they do love mm. me. Um, but I, this, this, pardon my French, but this bullshit men mentality that, nah, just get up a bit earlier, just do a bit extra, just have yeah. that blitz spirit. Um, because it's that glamorised hustle culture, isn't it? Yeah, steel, I, you, uh, I bought into that massively. Yeah. I, I, in years ago, I remember sort of talking to somebody and said, oh, yeah, did I eat hours this week, Graham? Where is a bait? Idiot, ba idiot, ba idiot. Badge idiot. of honour, yeah, yeah. Being um, busy is a badge of honour. You go, oh, I'm busy, busy. How are you? I'm so, I've been so guilty with that. And I, that I check in with myself as much as I possibly can Yeah. about that because that is it, like that. I'm, 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 I, yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, what, it's why, about doing being, more, a bit, being a busy fool. Yeah, that's exactly, be less busy. So now I, I can look back and go, well, you know, actually I was able to create a business out of nothing, have a mm -hmm. Gmail account, beat loads of other established agents, including my ex-employer, yeah. which was a wonderful satisfaction <laughs> feeling. If, <laughs> I, if I'm on, not going to be bitter about this, yeah. but it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, should have yeah. treated me a little bit nicer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the stuff that I learned and the people that I've met. So now I think... Weirdly, it's all part of some jigsaw. You know, I'm a big believer in the universe has a plan. Right. right? And things happen for a reason. They could be some really, really horrible things mm. or they could be some amazing things. But there is a, there's a plan there and you've just got to open yourself up to it. 
mm. and take that leap of faith sometimes. But yeah, when you've got all of the weight of the world on your shoulders mm. and probably even more than that is the weight that you put upon yourself. Mm. But then yeah. if you think, right, have a conversation with yourself. What would you, yeah, if you were somebody else looking at Sam Thomas, what would you advise? Stop, just mm. take, that, take that breath for a bit. And maybe get some, you know, some different conversations going, so you, you break that hamster wheel cycle. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. that's what we are very guilty of getting in. Can't stop, can't stop. It's got this, 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 this. and it's when you when you stop. You know, I was forced to stop with chicken pox. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was yeah. iller than I'd been in a, a long time, but it gave me the opportunity to play hide and seek with my son. Mm. And all these daft, he loved it. You know, he yeah, yeah. he was he's got a horrible sense of humour because he was massively <laughs> taking the piss. I give daddy chicken spots. <laughs> <laughs> but Cheers. Yeah, if anything, it sort of saved my life. But him wow. making me ill made me stop. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have stopped. Yeah. And then coming to terms with the grief and everything else, I would have continued and continued until I was broken and maybe broken beyond repair mm. that was a warning sign but I needed some drastic intervention so I think that was the, the plan but that mean really my, I was so tired and stressed my immune system was shot to bits mm. you see it's interesting like listening to you talk like where you are now as well and looking at actually having those opportunities to check in and go I, I love the way that you've said almost flipping it on its head where you are now like of course like giving up or, or coming away from from that strategic role, going, yeah. I'm going to deadless soul now. I'm going to do that as a, a full time thing. As I'm going to do that, I'm not going to get caught in this hamster wheel again. I'm going to create X, Y, and Z. Yeah. These are some non negotiables. My own physical and mental health. I'm going to look after yeah. time with my family, which is the most important. The pe- surrounding myself with the people I love, and then the other stuff will come on top of that. And yeah. Again, it's a it's, it's a hard be. it's a hard way to look, to look at, at it, it. Yeah. but it's about that, you know, it's cliche. But it's being the change that you want to be. Yeah. Okay, if you've got a blank sheet, babe, you can. But actually, if you've only got five hours, because you know you want to go to sports day or you want to yeah. do that or stuff like, you make those five hours count. Mm. Somebody said, "Oh, you've got eighty hours to." Oh, I'm gonna do this, 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 this. And you go, "Nah, yeah. I've got to do this. Yeah. This is what brings the pennies in. This is what you know." fills my cup with joy you, you balance it I'm still very guilty you know going full time dadless old from the sort of start of this month the pressure's on because I've got to make sure the funding's there to, for me to continue that so yeah. I have been guilty I think we mentioned off air for booking up meetings I'm kind of booked solidly into February already because yeah. all these opportunities are now going Okay, just because yeah. naturally how your brain works in it, especially when and it's hard as well to balance it out when you're passionate about something yeah. if you've got ambition and you're passionate about something and you're driven mm. it's hard to it's hard to not get excited about it and go yeah. especially when you don't necessarily then see it as work and you go oh, it's just part of there, there's a blurred line there which is yes that's yeah, hard yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah, absolutely a, if you enjoy it you know when I was putting on the afternoon raves they were three months of really hard <laughs> but it was going yeah. There's 1,200 people here, and my good mates are DJing and doing, I've seen all these people having a wonderful time. This makes me feel good. But yeah, the, the come down afterwards, yeah. yeah, that adrenaline would just drop. And it's, but the, it's about the legacy as well. Um, so yeah, I'm, 
I'm in no means an expert, but I think now because I've done all these other things and I failed mm. and I've learned and I've succeeded and I've learned. I'm in a now a better position, you know, I'm a hair's breadth away from turning fifty and I'm more confident and happy than I think I've I've ever been. I've got an amazing relationship uh, with a, a lovely supportive partner. I've got a good group of pals, I've got a social life. Mm. And I can do the things that maybe I was maybe scared of doing because mm. of you know those huge range of imposter syndrome and all those common things. Mm. You can't do that, and you can't do that, and you can't do it. And look, you tried that before, and you failed. Let other people do that sort of thing. Just shut up and stay in your box. And now it's like, nah, mm. no, no, no. I'm that horrible troublemaking kid as I was as a teenager. But now I can do it with a social purpose and I can shake things up in the mental health industry and to, you know, talk to charities or GPs or you know, when we were up at the our research being used at the House of Parliament. That was nuts. Wow. Absolutely nuts. And they say, Okay, you're the expert in this. Nah, not 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 me, mate. No, yeah. no. But yeah, put the time in. Yeah, absolutely. I've done my ten thousand hours. Absolutely. Wow. Um and it's you know they the experience and the credibility that comes with that and the the opportunities it's, it's, it's crazy isn't it? we, we still as individuals I think it's in our, in our nature to actually that external validation that we get sometimes from yeah, social yeah, media absolutely. sometimes just from other people yeah. like you said someone else says to you oh, that's, you're the expert you're yeah. you can't do that and you're like yeah absolutely but it's then, like you said, that learning curve from whether they be our failures or have experiences, whatever they look like, they all shape us into where we are and the yeah, type I'm of person we are. I'm a massive, massive believer. I'm still probably hypercritical of myself. You know, I'll see a video or you know, a photo of one of our great events and those are happy faces. Oh, there's a crisp packet on the floor there. <laughs> That's where my eyes will be drawn. <laughs> Sorry, mate, I was meant to pick that up on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not this wonderful thing, but it's I, yeah. I'm learning. I, yeah. I'm, I'm learning because nobody else knows, nobody actually cares. Yeah. They're focusing on having a good time and making friends. That's important. The crisp packet in the corner or oh, you look a bit tired there yeah. or your beard's got a bit greyer. Don't matter. Really doesn't. Nobody cares. And and I guess the the beauty of of what you what you've created, what you are doing, that and the impact that you're having on on society as a whole, on you know the 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 impact you're having on thousands of dads that you're supporting, is from a from a fulfilment, contentment, and and purposeful feeling within yourself must. It is really good. I don't. It's where for all those years where I didn't fit in, mm. and it didn't make sense. Yeah. Now it makes sense. So it's like you were born to do something. Yeah. Born to do that, all that nonsense. All of those other things where I just felt, you know, I felt like an outsider for mm. quite a lot of my life. For you know, the re- some of the reasons we discussed. Mm. I'm wearing those masks now. I can take that mask off. And I'm going. This is a community for the other outsiders. Mm. So we're no longer outsiders, and that is, that's lovely because I can be, you know, walking down the street and I'll spot a soul. Yeah. Or there's that, and then I go, well, that guy's in New Zealand. 
you know, that guy's in the Czech Republic or Germany and something we've done or something we've written or the video has resonated with them and they're thousands of miles away. Mm. That still makes my head spin. Wow. You know? But it's, yeah, it's a good feeling because, yeah, for having me being sort of brave enough to stick my flag in the ground and go, you know, I don't want to go to mother and baby groups anymore yeah. and feel like an outsider. I don't want to feel like a failure as a father. I want some friends, <laughs> you know, and I want friends, not to say the people I, I knew weren't my friends, but friends that I could be really, really honest with. Not that knew the from the back of the raving days or yeah. that role or when I had that mask on, mm. as I am now. And if they like me, love me and support me, that's really good. If they don't, I don't really want them in my life. I don't mm. care what they think. They're still in their dead-end world with their dead-end negative thoughts, yeah. you know, having arguments on Facebook. Crack Good on. luck to you, mate. Ain't for me. Can I... Uh, where you are right now, if mm. I was like... Uh, 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 are all the masks removed? Not completely. Th- this, uh, it was always therapy, this stuff mm. that we mentioned earlier about mum. I've hardly ever spoken about that. Mm. You know, very couple of you know maybe ex-partners or powers that I had I've got I'm still in touch with a couple of powers that I knew you know in primary school that mm. saw you know what had gone on um, but by the way yes I still have to be happy and joyous down the soul events when I'm knackered actually, <laughs> you know <laughs> do you realize you know the guy that's organizing the DJ workshops really just likes putting his slippers on (laughs) (laughs) and having a blanket over him have a nice cup of tea and you know bed by half past nine um or you know having a nanny nap in the off that that's also the real me um as well but yeah i'm a lot happier i'm a lot more confident in who Mm. i am how i look how i present myself the the skills i've got Mm. now i understood the Dyslexia and the distraction and it's actually even after, you know, listening to Ed Chin when he was on the show mm. talking about ADHD. I, was like, I said to him, but you've got like a proper grown-up job. You're a proper, <laughs> pro- you're a proper grown-up. <laughs> yeah. how, how can you struggle? And then we, yeah. we had some conversations. He said, oh, I'm not. But yeah. yeah, it's like finance and that's all stuff I don't understand. Well, actually, if you can struggle with it, yeah. it almost, you know, the benefit of listening to this podcast was I learned from somebody else's story. Oh, Mm. Okay, maybe maybe I'm allowed to do that as well. Love that. So, yeah, there's there's wisdom in the story, isn't there? Yeah, it is. It's something. It's something so powerful. One of the one of the reasons I love doing it so much is I get to spend these amazing time speaking to people like yourself and people just being being open, honest, and authentic about themselves and sharing that sharing that story. And like you said, there's some everyone has got, as the saying goes, everyone's got a story to tell. Yeah. But but they really have, and someone will take something from that story, whatever that looks like. And I think, I mean, your one is is something very powerful, mate. And um, and I'll thank you for being so open with us today with, with so much. I'm 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 keen. We're sort of coming towards yeah. the end. So I, there's a couple of things I'm just sort of keen to to touch on. Um, We've obviously talked about the sort of relationship with failure, which certainly seems like there's been a shift for you, and mm. in that sense, which is is great. I think what the flip side to that, what then does success look like to you? How do you, 
how do you measure, I guess, success from, especially, I guess, from something you that you do that has such an impact and stuff. But do you see yourself as a successful person, and how do you measure it? Um, if I sit down and measure, I can do. You know, we did our our social impact report. Hmm. So rather than just saying, oh, we did X amount of events and X amount of people turned up, what else? What what was the, the you know mm. the, the legacy, the other thing? So that was the the beauty of working for you know AP. I got to understand more about social impact reporting and work with charities and B Corps and understand mm. all these different metrics that you can use. So going through the the report and going, well, we had over ten thousand people through the door. You know, our volunteers have given, I think it's something like 11,000 hours of volunteer time. That's a quarter of a million quid if you wanted to buy it on the open market. And they've given that through the power of the story and what we've created. Mm. That is an incredible statistic. Or the fact that, you know, we do the uh, the measurements at the end of an event. Five very quick questions. You know, how lonely were you at the start? How happy are you at the end? And there's something like a 95% success rate with the dad's going I'm really glad I found somewhere where I've got people to get it or I feel less lonely um, personally I, I still struggle with my own level of success because I always want more just as I said but, but what, what is then that wanting more is that is your wanting more financially based or is it something probably more pr- probably a bit of everything I need the financial security mm. um so it, you know, it's still like a nice house and be able to travel. You know, I, I live on a very keen budget, mm. you know, but I'm a lot more fortunate than so many other people. Mm. So I'm like, okay, well, I haven't got the nice car. Well, I haven't got the big screen TV, but don't really need it. Mm. You know, I can't drive anyway. <laughs> uh, and all of those. Um, success for me would be to live longer than my dad did. You know, he died when he was 73 years old. And I think the the stress and the the bad habits related to the stress, you know, mm. maybe having one too many pints and smoking and those sort of things. So I don't drink, I don't smoke. Um, you know, I take care of myself mm. a lot more. I invest in my relationships a lot more mm. as well. That's really successful. Um, you know, people say, oh, you know, you must be a great dad. I'm all right. I'm still trying, I'm still learning. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But I, I'm maybe better than the generations before. Mm. Just like you're saying, you know, with your kids and the stuff you're learning, mm. you know, you're probably better at handling it than maybe your dad or your granddad mm. was yeah. or would be. So that's a success. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't need the shiny things in life. doesn't really interest me. But it's sometimes nice, especially at the... Like, like downstairs, you know, you've got 100 people at a play date. You can just sit mm. back and go, right, a couple of hours ago, these people are all strangers. But now look at them. Yeah. They're pals. They're, they're having conversations. They're, they're playing. They're being daft and nobody judging. Ooh. Or, you know, getting an email from a dad in Australia and going, I saw this mm. and it really, this was me. Wow. That's a, a you know a measure yeah, uh, um, of success, but yeah, I you know don't want to live on a fancy desert island somewhere. 
Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> let's, be, let's, be, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, it's know, nothing but, look, I, I, don't, I, I guess that I, I sort of talk about it within the narrative that yeah. uh, I guess that um, that oh, there's something wrong with actually wanting that because I'm that person who yeah. wants, and that's why I have to check in with me. So I, I do want them nice things. But I, I think it's being conscious. The key mm. is to be conscious of the fact that those shiny things and that does not give you fulfillment or contentment yeah, and it's happiness. It's understanding why you yeah, yeah, yeah. What will they yeah. they add to you? So when people come in, my telly's about that big. Yeah. You know, why have we got a big screen? Yeah, yeah, bloke on his own. Because I don't really watch it. And yeah. it's a bit pointless. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the Simon Sinek thing. You know, the power yeah. of why. Yeah. Why do I need those shots? What will it actually improve? Will it mm. make us happy? Will it do? Okay, well, actually, if we have got a faster car I can get the kids to school a bit quicker mm. that will save a lot of this argument that, that's a good reason to yeah. have it but if I've got something to show off about mm, yeah. maybe not so that's much. not so important yeah because you know? for me listen, like, like you said there must be that sort of euphoria moment when it, where you've created that space and you look on um, uh, it was on the radio on, on Saturday and with volunteers yeah. talking about the impact and what it's given us and then you look around you got 100 dads there with all their kids and you, that moment of euphoria where you look back I've, I've created this I've created this space and I've created something still really hasn't happened because I still am driven for more because for every 100 people that's in the space there's another 10,000 100,000 mm. That are struggling. What's the, what's the yeah, six, million six million dads, million but that doesn't count stepdads, yeah. granddads, yeah. foster carers. So there's add another million to that, and you know, I want to change this narrative. People assume that it's a, just a bunch of angry single dads yeah, yeah. complaining, and it really isn't. It's people that are happily married, people that are co-parent. You've got dads mm. that you know have full-time custody, different backgrounds, mm. and it's a, it really is that. I was saying that that community of people, those three a three letters D A D, there's an intrinsic thread mm. that goes right away. So it doesn't matter, say what's in your bank balance, whatever. Do you want to enjoy this crazy ride of fatherhood? Do you want to be better? Do you want to maybe learn some stuff? Mm. Do you want access to a few more quality dad jokes, or mm. even if somebody to go? Yeah, we have things like you pop up in a WhatsApp. Oh, I've, I want to go and see this this gig but I've got nobody to go with <laughs> yeah. do now yeah. or I want to go to five side or the, the sea swimming and stuff mm. like that or a bit scared of going sea swimming it's a bit <laughs> out of my comfort zone well actually there's quite a few lads that do it already go and join them I took one lad out last week Scott and he he hadn't been before mm. and he just joined me on a um, like a Monday morning and I said oh give me all the reasons why you shouldn't be here bed's warmer but you know this is warm and this is yeah. this is nothing to do but seeing his reaction after he, uh, we're only in there sort of five minutes. Yeah. I said, I've done it. I've done it. Done it. Yeah. yeah. And it's that power of that community, that sort of gently just. I'm going to hold your hand and help you through this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a lot of good fun and you'll get bitten by the bug and then maybe you'll inspire somebody else. else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Giving that. you that, that, that confidence. So, yeah. yeah, success. What does it look like from an organisation point? I want chapters all over the world. I want chapters on the moon. You know what I mean? Um, and why not? 
and why not? You know, because there are. So is that the future for you? Is that what the future holds? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm all in full time. Uh, I, 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 I genuinely still don't know what I've. I think it's ten clubs by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That's the target that I've been given. They're going to be a range of different clubs in very different locations with very different partnerships. So, you know, we've got this great partnership with Plus X. Yeah. There's a partnership over there with that organisation. Partnership with large corporates, football clubs. Mm-hmm. It it differs. So it won't just be here's a play date. Bing, 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 bing. Because the other thing for a non-profit, you rely on charitable funding. Right, and that becomes harder and harder to get hold of. So I know there's a business here. Mm. Okay, there's a, there's a great revenue because we can work with local authorities. We can work with hospitals. Mm. That funding has to be spent. It can come our way. But rather than spending it on big screen tellies and fancy cars, we put it back straight into the community. Mm. So another dad that maybe is struggling or can't even afford to come to a play date. Don't worry. Yeah. There's a... Well, I'm a bit older than you, but there was a thing that caught my, my memories the other day. I had a group of pals in primary school, right, and we were really, really tight. But at dinner times, they had to sit on a different table because they got free school meals. Hmm. Right, you imagine a stigma, but that's yeah, just kind of yeah. how it was yeah, yeah. there. And that's nuts in this day and age, but yeah. that's just the poor kids sat over there at lunchtime. Yeah. As a, I fundamentally don't agree with that in so many different ways yeah, it's like yeah. you can you know doesn't matter how long you can you can come to a dadless soul event there's no questions asked we'll buy you a pint we've got a cup of tea yeah. there's no you know you go to normal family events and they're trying to sell you something else you know for the kids and then suddenly you've got the kids with loads of pocket money mm. they're getting all the toys and stuff like that and the other kids who are having a meltdown and then putting that pressure onto their parents mm. um, there's none of that it really is you come through the door you are one of us that's it what goes on you know outside of your world you know is a yeah. very different thing love it mate honestly it's, I knew it would be it's been so brilliant chatting to you and uh, thank, thank you for look, it's therapy so, isn't it mate, Jesus uh, Christ look, you, for, for me as much as for you to be <laughs> honest so uh, that's why I keep doing it but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm getting it but uh, honestly it's been um, just sharing like, being so open with us as well and sharing like, you're, what what you've created is helping to change the narrative and support people and, and coming on here and sharing that as well is, is, is certainly a... That's the uh, important thing, get over that. It's a bravery because the... Mm. For me being able to put my hand up and go, yeah, I really was struggling. Mm. Or I find that. But then people that wouldn't have gathered that. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. just a happy, smiley dad that's working at a, yeah, a million miles on. an hour. Yeah. And it is getting rid of that nonsense and that bollocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we're human beings and we're frail. It, 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 I think it's something that, I don't know if you saw the thing, that, I've, I've been following Charlie Maxey and the whole, the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. I don't know yeah, if you saw yeah, the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the brilliant quotes in that is, what's the bravest thing you've ever said? And it was, help. And I'm just like, it's that, that for me. I watched that at is, Christmas. That yeah, pieces. Same, same. Yeah. I cry I'm, a lot these days. <laughs> Go to the pictures, I'll have a tear. You Watching something, Sam, saying, oh, you, you crying again? We, we, better not, we better not watch a film together. We'll be <laughs> loads of tears together. Isn't that, you know, kind of how, you know, I'm not taught not to cry, yeah. but just wouldn't. And yeah, that's all yeah, girls yeah, do. Of course, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you ain't cry. Don't yeah, be yeah. a Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it all builds up, but now it's not at a drop of a hat. But 
Yeah, pretty much. We're a bit hard on our sleeves yeah, every, every time in a cinema, <laughs> I'll have a tissue hand. Mate, it's them Disney films, they kill me. Every time. Pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look, we're going to finish yeah. quick fire questions. I'm Go going to chuck these at you. And you sort of, one day you mentioned it, but one piece of advice you give to your teenage self. Don't listen to the haters because those people that are telling you not to do stuff or you're not good enough, look at them now. They ain't doing anything. Love it. Who's inspired you in your career and why? I've got a little prop. Oh. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm gonna have a lender that. It's my it's my Bible. It's a guy called Howard Luck Gossage. So you remember the program Mad Men? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was one of those on Madison Avenue. Amazing creative brain. But what he did, he shifted all that, that talent and went to San Francisco and used it for social good. Wow. So he would work with he was inspirational uh, part of creating like Friends for the Earth yeah. he created social media in the 60s by getting doing amazing creative adverts and getting people to write in to lobby their MPs for wow. change um, and I I read that book and it was a weird thing I, I just was at this media agency I'd just done a big picture uh, Barclay Card HQ in the city to a load of stockbrokers and my boss going oh you went really really well blah 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 and I was thinking I hate all those people. <laughs> it's that I've sold out, and it's about changing the world is the only fit job for a grown man. Love that. Um, so, yeah, it's Howard Luck. He, people need to know him. Mate. You see, it's been well funded. That's a great one. <laughs> We're in. We're in. Thank you. Well, um, I'm assuming the next yep. question, this could be the answer to the next question yeah. as well. C can you recommend a book or a podcast? It probably w it probably <laughs> would be this. Uh, or this wonderful podcast like that, yeah, from a conversation you had with Ed Chin a few yeah. months ago. Actually really spurred me on to go and get my own diagnosis. And that would be another thing where maybe I wasn't confident about doing it because, mm. again, that stigma attached to it yeah. where, you know, didn't really happen in my day. Yeah, yeah, it was just yeah, yeah. a naughty kid. Always yeah, yeah. a kid that had too much orange squash. <laughs> but it's yeah. the power of those those conversations. It really Amazing. is. Amazing. Your one rule for living a fulfilled life. One rule. That's a toughie. Um, again, everything I'd say sound like a cliche, but it, it really is... Um, try to be kind. Love that, mate. Listen, what a what a brilliant way to finish. It's been a brilliant conversation. It's been emotional, as they say, hasn't yeah, it? It's been emotional, <laughs> and I know it. Would, but, but honestly, you um, you've created something really special. Um, Thank you, and you're very honored. much part of it. It's, very, it's not me; yeah, it's yeah, yeah. The, the rest of the boys, which yeah. need a massive yeah. shout out because you know, even like the play date here on Saturday, yeah. I didn't have to come. Yeah, because yeah. It, it's all it's all set up. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's much more competent than I am. <laughs> so let them yeah. do that, and then I can have a bit of downtime yeah, yeah. rather than you know racing here, there, and yeah, yeah. again every weekend. Yeah, yeah. I've got an amazing team. I don't need to be here. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. go and focus on. You, you, you know, you've created something, yeah. You've created something where people want to be part of. And again, back to the whole culture piece, whatever, whether it's a company, whatever it is that you looks like, it looks like that's the bloodline of a thing. If you create a culture within a movement like you have yeah. done, 
people want to be part of it. People want to come and join. People yeah. want to come and be part top. of it. <laughs> Love me no jumper. Oh, Love man. this one. Yeah. But, um, but uh, mate, it's, it's amazing. And listen, I wish I wish it continued growth, success, and um, I feel honoured to be uh, play a small part in that as well. And, and be, be on board with you. So thank you. Um, I appreciate. It. Thank you for the opportunity. So I know we've been discussing this yeah. for a long time. So now to have the opportunity to come down. And even you know the the questions that you popped over, I thought, how do I handle that? Which mask do I wear? Yeah. No, I don't have to. I can just do that, and nobody's going to laugh. Yeah. Nobody's going to take the Mickey, and it doesn't matter. And even if they did, well, mate, thank you for thank you for removing the mask today, and and, and yeah. like I say, still quite good looking underneath it, it aren't I? But Mate, very much so, very much so. <laughs> and that, as they say, sir, is a wrap. Thank you. This is the Cat Business Talks podcast, produced by H2 Productions.